0: And welcome to my Independence Report. I'm sitting here in Seattle, Washington, and when I started this today, it was in the mid-70s, now it's 86. It's supposed to be 100 tomorrow and 115 on Sunday, which we've never had here, as far as I know, in, in the history of, well, I've only been here 63 years, so in the history of my life, I've never seen I've seen over 100 like a couple of times but 115 I've never never even come close to seeing and the person that I'm having on with me today for this hour her name is Dana Quaddy, and she also lives here and I'm going to ask her first of all have you ever seen 115 here I have not <laughs> it's, it's it's just crazy amazing and and stuff so I'm going to have to hide or I'm going to melt uh but which is which is okay now, we're, we're going to spend the next hour talking with Dana. Dana is a healer. She is a massage therapist. She is an author. She's written a book, and the, the book is called Doing the Thing, or Doing Not the Thing, but the, that's my <laughs> interpretation. Doing the Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to think that it's T H A N, you know, the Thing. It's, it's doing the Thing. And uh, she lives right here, and uh, she's got a a loyal following of people, and she works with people all the time. She also does something that I've wanted to talk to somebody a great deal about, and that she also works with hospice. And we're going to touch all of that during the course of this hour, so I hope that you'll stay with us for the entire thing. But first, Dana, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Thank you, Kevin. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on here.
0: Well, you're more than welcome because I believe that you have the ability to help people, and that's that's why you're here, because you do healing work. But first, let's talk about your authorship and the book, Doing the Thing.
1: Okay. What would you like to know first?
0: What is the book about? (laughs) It's it's a great title, but it's a little nondescript. It It is
1: nondescript. Um, The book is about how self love can cure all and to help people under, to help all of us understand what doing the thing is, I'm going to do a reading that will, that I hope will help everybody get a better understanding for it. Are you ready?
0: I am ready and I'm taking notes.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this is Rachel's story. Um, the book was inspired by having a conversation with a good friend. And, um, and then if you want to ask me a little bit more about that, when I'm done with the reading, I'll expand on that. Okay. But here we go with Rachel's story on page four, one sunny day, a close friend with spouse trouble confided that she had tried everything she could think of to make things change in her relationship. Being angry didn't work, neither did being passive reasoning or ignoring. What an impossible struggle to change something we have no control over or power to change others. Rachel and her husband did not see eye to eye and they weren't on the same page at all, but they did have love to motivate them in togetherness. All right, so what to do? How can we resolve this? This dilemma reminded me of a solution that my husband and I formulated, discussed, and used many times. If you don't know what the heck to do in a conflict situation, tend to your own needs first. Shift the focus from what is going on around you, which is external, to what is going on inside you, which is internal. That same sunny day, Rachel and I gave a name to this simple yet profoundly effective concept and doing the thing was born. Here's how it helped Rachel. She took a deep breath and a step back from the problem. Then she began to do the thing by focusing not on what she wanted, needed and expected from her husband but on what she wanted, needed and expected from herself. When she stopped focusing on what to do about him she stopped a pattern of frustration, the frustration that comes with trying to control something we cannot. A word that aptly destri- describes this is struggle. Her next move was to shift the focus, of, the focus of solution to the one ultimate thing that in this life that she could control, which was herself. What did she want, need, and expect for herself? What was her part in this situation? Asking these questions of herself made her realizing, realize something surprising. She really didn't know herself all that well. My friend was and is not alone. We all contain so much to uncover and discover about ourselves. By taking some time to know herself better, she was able to start answering her own questions. She was able to give herself more of what she wanted, needed and expected. This increase in self-awareness increased her self-sufficiency and independence, which took pressure off her spouse and their differences. The decrease of pressure resulted in a decrease of of emotion, bringing more calm and clarity to the situation. This allowed both of them to cool down, come together in a different, more positive way and sort things out together. So understanding the principles of doing the thing and applying them on a daily basis not only help us live more productively and content in the minutes of the day, they also provide a stable foundation for long-term health, happiness, and success. In my vision of world peace, each one of us starts to find, cultivate, and nurture the qualities inside us that we want to experience in the world around us. This is our chance for heaven on earth.
0: Well done, Thank well you. done. That that uh, you know that that's when you when you're having difficulties with your spouse, and I've been there. Um, it's it's really hard to uh, to be able to step back and then to look at to be self-reflective to that point in doing that. I
1: I... Yeah, it's it's tricky.
0: Is that a dog drinking?
1: Yes, that's my dog drinking water.
0: <laughs> I thought that was. what kind of dog do you have?
1: She's a boxer.
0: Oh, what's his name?
1: Her name's Fritzy.
0: Ah, tell Fritzy hi for all of us.
1: Everybody says hi, Fritzy. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on next time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, but uh, it's it, taking care of yourself first is paramount to leading a healthy life, isn't it?
1: It is, and. And another thing about the book the subtitle is how finding your shine will brighten our world. So that's important because it's not just about you being selfish and doing whatever you need for you. When you are constructively selfish, you're making the you're making everything around you better by tending to yourself, doing what's right for you. It builds your integrity, it builds your health and well-being, and it ripples out to everybody.
0: People get mad and people get angry because they're either fearful or they've got hate in their heart because of their fear, because they don't need to be angry. If they if they believe that they could take care of themselves and they were feeling good about themselves, don't they have a different mindset? doesn't anger kind of not enter the picture as much?
1: I would agree with that. Um, another, the shortest chapter in my book is entitled Armor, but it is probably one of the most important chapters. May I read that now to help us?
0: You may, you may do. It. Dana, <laughs> this, is, this is your, your show, and uh, this is from Doing, the thing. This is okay. Dana Quattie, and uh, and yeah, please, please do because this is learning how to love yourself is a concept that we might that the, on the face of it seems easy, but mm-hmm. it can be the most difficult thing that we have to do because there's lots and lots of layers that goes along with. There's that.
1: lots and lots of layers, like an onion, and yeah. so the chapter I'm going to read is entitled "Armor," and it helps explain why we have so much trouble and even, even why sometimes we have trouble with pleasure. So, chapter 4 page 20 armor. Why don't we know what, why don't we know who we really are? Why aren't we everything we want to be? What is in the way? The concept of armor was developed and studied extensively in the work of Dr. Wilhelm Reich. This term aptly describes what is in the way. A very simple explanation, as babies and children, we toughen ourselves in response to emotional and physical stressors around us. This acts as a protection to help us cope with growing up. The problem is, as adults, we no longer need this protection, but the armor is still there. Holding on to and carrying it around becomes habit. As time goes on, it begins to feel normal. When the armor has been with us for a long time, it covers up our core and we forget the true essence of who we are. We think the armor is us. Have you ever been doing so well that you somehow sabotage yourself to get back to the feelings you're used to? Or when you are simply feeling content and you think of something that brings you down, that's armor. It's no longer protection. Armor is keeping what you don't want in and what you do want out. Now it acts as limitation. It shows up in your body as tension, pain, and disease. It shows up in your psyche as mental and emotional suffering or simple discontent. You can read the most inspiring words, attend motivational seminars, and get fired up. You can learn all the world's greatest secrets, but if you don't clear out the armor in your way, you tend to stay stuck. Um, And then it, it goes on to talk about how we pass that on to our children
0: it's a seventh generation yeah. cycle yeah which which is you know you, it it starts and then it goes to you, the father to the son to the grandson to the great-grandson and it just continues because that's what everybody knows and right somebody's got to break the cycle
1: yep Yep.
0: and then that book your, your book doing the thing by the way i i did, did you ever watch the movie city slickers
1: uh, it's been a long
0: time. Billy Joel, or not Billy Joel, gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, Billy, uh, Crystal was, in, was in that. And, and, uh, one of the themes of the movie was what's, what's the secret to life? And it's okay. just one thing, just one thing. And, and so they go, they play that throughout the entire movie. And then it comes to pass that you have to decide what that one thing is. The secret to life is what you decide it is. Right. And, and that's and so I, I got that from, from your book is is kind of that is the theme, is that you get to decide what is gonna make your life worth living. And but getting there can be very tricky sometimes, isn't it? It
1: can be tricky. Yep.
0: How do you do it?
1: I've had plenty of practice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, any of us that have been around the planet for a while have had lots of practice with that.
1: That's right. Yes, um, and one of the things that you know, I've I've gone through periods of time when I've I've dealt with um, not just anger but rage, mm-hmm. and um, so I found a process to go through. And it, it was actually um, through the Rikian therapy that I which is a it, it's a very eclectic therapy, but it's a body-mind therapy that helps you understand the armor and how to like take it off gradually. Um, and so I feel for people that don't have the tools to do that. And that's part of why we see so many mental health issues.
0: Now, what's the name of this process that you're talking about again?
1: The process, um, it's a—it's not very well known, um, but it's called Reichian therapy. And it's, um, it was started by the Dr. Wilhelm Reich that I mentioned in the chapter on armor.
0: And how does it work?
1: Um, it works as far as it's it's a it's a physical and mental emotional therapy where you're dealing like Reich had um, a way of looking at the body of armor rings like this would be the eye ring, and so um, eye health is so important um, that. you know, the therapist would literally push in to the, push into the muscles and elicit the emotional, um, reaction or, you know, so you're talking, you're doing the psychoanalysis and the body work at the same time.
0: Oh, gotcha. Is it, is it kind of like, are you familiar with what EFT is?
1: Uh, not so much, but just, you know, a little, that's, is that the tapping?
0: yeah that's very good see yeah. you knew you know a little that bit than i do uh, <laughs> but, but that supposedly is it releases it 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 releases the pressure points of the body and 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 can help you feel better and i don't know much more about it than that
1: okay yeah yeah this was an intense really intense uh and the reason the reason that i did it is i knew that it um I knew we were gonna get married and have children, and I did not want to continue the chain of armor from my, my life and my childhood.
0: Right, and so, so now do you teach this, or is this something you, you took and you've learned it and, and you use it?
1: I use it practically every day. Um, and I will, you know, I share um, what I call first aid techniques from the Reiki and therapy I share those with people all the time uh, because they're simple. They don't cost much money. You know, they, they're techniques that are so simple and helpful, and they don't cost money.
0: Oh, see, now there's a good combination.
1: <laughs> Isn't that great?
0: <laughs> they're helpful. They're awesome, and they don't cost much money. That, that's, that's good, because it's... Because uh, I always hate the, you know, we'll heal you, but it's $5,000. But, <laughs> but, no, that, 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 that's, that's awesome. So, now, when, how long did it take you to write the book?
1: So, I love this question because I did not set out to write a book. Ah. Um, after Rachel and I had that discussion that day, um, for seven years, I got information um, just information came to me and I'd started writing it down. And I thought, well, that sounds sort of important. Like I'm going to write that down. I'm not sure why. And, um, and so that process lasted about seven years and people started saying, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not really sure. And even my son was like, mom, you're going to write a book. And then what I did is I took all that just like I wrote it down on cards. I wrote it down in my journal. I'd keep something by my bed in the car when I'd, I'd pull over and write whenever this information came to me. Um, and then one day I decided to sit in my living room and I, I separated it into piles of, of ideas and themes. And it, I, I looked around at the piles around me and I'm like, those are chapters. Oh, so this is a book.
0: Very cool. So you were getting, you were getting what now we, we had a show on Tuesday and we, and Corey L. Kramer, who is a psychic medium talked about divine downloads and you were getting this divine download that they were sending you when you could absorb it because they wanted you to write this book or somebody wanted you to yeah. write this
1: book. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I honestly believe that the book was a little bit ahead of its time. Now it's time has come. It's so like, let's get with it. But what I did is I, I took all that information and then I added some stories from my own life that fit in. And so it became what it is.
0: And when did the book come out?
1: It was launched in 2010.
0: Ah, and, uh, and but it was a little ahead of its time, but it's, it's a, I think that we are changing we're becoming more aware and we're becoming more interested in trying to figure out how we can live life more authentically and better. Uh, Do you agree with that? Pardon? Do you agree with that?
1: I agree with that. I I agree with that completely. I think people are so tired. Well, and this one gal on Facebook, I thought she said it so well from a self-help book standpoint. She said something like, I'm so tired of books or advice that are trying to tell me to be different than myself. And my book is trying to tell you how magnificent you are and you can be more of yourself if you, if you want to be more of who you really are and get to that wonderful of it, you can do it.
0: And your book, is it kind of a workbook too?
1: Um, it, it could turn into a workbook for somebody that wanted to take it to that level. I've, I have had people, you know, trying to get me to write a workbook to go with it, which would be I really, knew,
0: I knew I knew that that idea came from somewhere else.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that would be, that would actually be a really cool thing, um, for people to turn it into a workbook.
0: Yes, or for you to write the workbook because, <laughs> because I'll tell you what Gary Zukov wrote a workbook to see to uh, a seed of the soul so that people could uh, take the information that was contained within that and then utilize it and 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 write it and journal it and 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 to work with it and almost on a daily basis. So so that's that's your next project. Uh, okay, you, you got till um, September first. <laughs> And then, and then we'll put that out. But, okay. but, but no, I I think it's great because you have to learn. Self love is the hardest, but the most important thing about your life, isn't it?
1: I would agree with you. I would I would agree with you. I wrote something on one of my index cards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're an index card person. <laughs>
1: Well, I can do this. Um, it's it's really it is the most important thing, and here's the here's I think what has so gotten in the way is that whoever taught us, who's out there saying how worthy we are, and how you know you were born a pure being of love and light. And that's you know that's where you're starting from. That's what what I honestly believe. Unfortunately, so many so many many of us were told the opposite is you. <laughs> you start out no good, and then you just have to try to make it better if you can. And
0: no, well, no, I was I was just gonna say, uh, um, <laughs> at, at a previous podcast, we were talking about the concept of original sin. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about original sin, you're talking about the fact that we are but that you're starting from the premise that we are all bad and that we are all evil and we are all sinful, so that's the first message that you get when you're you're a kid, and like me when I was going to church, that was the first message I got was that you are not good enough you are you are it's, it's sinful and and you are evil and so to recover from that, to believe that you are good and that you come from God and you are part of God and that you're of light and love and, and you have got all this potential and you can do anything in the world you want to do, that just never came up.
1: Right. And that, you know, to, like you said, to have to get over that, that, that right there is a big layer of armor that all of a sudden, you know, I can't, how can I see past that if I started out so young being told that it's like, that's pretty hard to, that's pretty hard to get over.
0: Especially when it's reinforced all the time,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when, when that is the way it's supposed to be. It wasn't until I was, gosh, I think in my early forties, when, when somebody um, uh, said to me, you know, you are inherently we all are inherently good and we are all inherently part of god and it was like wow now there's a concept because you know we we've been we've been told that we're not we're right. less than that. and right. it's important in the work that you're doing it's important for you to let people know that you are good enough that you can be who you really choose to be
1: right well and here's the cool thing is if you really really know that and believe it like i do and you uh, you come to people in a presence with that kind of projection like that's when i when i try to help someone um whether it's hospice or whether they come to me because they're trying to get relief from pain and suffering, I'm coming to them with this. um, I see the best in them because I know that that's true. You know, that thing you just said about how we're born. I come to that. I come to them knowing that. And so it's like I'm holding a template of the very best of them in front of just in my whole being when i work with them so i'm not looking at their symptoms and feeling you know like trying to like feel bad about all the symptoms they have or the problems i'm looking at the best in them i'm looking at the solution and and it's just amazing how what a difference that can make
0: well you talked about it with me and i've been thinking about it ever since in that we were talking about hospice and the fact that you're um, you you work with hospice and we'll get to that in just a minute. But one of the subjects that came up was I have a friend whose wife had brain cancer, and so she went into hospice and she came out of hospice um, and went back home. And I said, how does that happen? And your answer was, and I've been thinking about it ever since, which was. Um, sometimes because they get the care that they need the love that they crave and and the 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 attention and everything sometimes that can heal them or make them better so that they don't need to be in hospice at that moment right now, i thought that was a particularly heartfelt and a wonderful thought because you know it's amazing what we can do if we just learn to care for one another
1: Exactly. Um, And that's another reason why um, I love the hospice program when, if people are kind of like, oh, well, that's, I don't want to do that because that's like a sign that it's this, my loved one is going to die. And so I don't want to face that or talk about that or go there. Um, It doesn't have to, you know, it, it, can't, it can't, it's such a great program, no matter how you look at it, whether they are transitioning peacefully or whether they're graduating off hospice, it just, you know, you've got that extra care and the love, and it does make a difference, no matter what, even if it's just, you know, a quality, daily quality of life.
0: Absolutely. Now, you've been a a, uh, hypnotherapist now you've been a a massage therapist for 28 years right how did you get started with that and i assume you must love it
1: i love it um i did medical massage for 20 years um, helping people heal from auto injuries and lni injuries and um and i'm retired from that i'm retired from deep tissue massage um but i and I, I got into that, actually, because the Reikian therapist that I told you about right. wanted, he ran a massage practice, and he wanted somebody to work with. Um, and so he, you know, I was at the point where I'm like, I'm not really sure what I want to do. Maybe I want to be a physical therapist. He's like, nope, you want to be a massage therapist. Well, that happened, to, I, that happened to fit perfectly for me. I love people my sister, when she found out I was going to be a massage therapist, she said, well, you're going to be touching strangers. And I said, well, once I get to know them, they won't be a stranger. <laughs> so yeah. And then about eight years, I kind of, um, made a, a shift from the medical massage to the hospice work. I still do healing massage, um, uh, you know if someone wants to come in for healing massage or relaxation, I'll do that too.
0: Now do you, um, um, are you do you use Reiki in in the work that you do?
1: I do. That's a great question. Um, when I found out that uh, the company that I'm on contract for um, in their comfort therapy program, they offer rake massage and Reiki among other things. And so i I chose at that time to become a Reiki master. So which which is great, because my work over the years became more spiritual, in that I was I was doing energy work anyway.
0: right. and but it worked out really well because when, when you put uh, Reiki in combination with therapeutic massage, it can have really some pretty dramatic effects, huh?
1: Exactly. And the some of the people that are are really sensitive to touch. They, I will do off work in their energy field and they, they can handle that. I've even been worked on by other therapists where they'll, they'll come off the body, work in my field, and I'll feel it even more dramatically than if they're working on the body.
0: I've had that experience myself. So, so, so which is, which is because that is your energy field that it surrounds you. Right. It, it is all right there. And that's, that's what Reiki works with. And right. stuff like that. Now, what is the difference between the massage therapy that you're doing now and uh, what you were doing before?
1: Um, the what I'm doing now is um, so the treatment work. What I was doing before the treatment work what had to do with maybe some deep tissue therapy, maybe some ice massage. Um, and just with the focus, working with insurance companies, doctors, and um, lawyers, and the, the whole focus is healing. And and now um, the focus is uh, relief and comfort. Unless someone, I do have a few patients that come to me for what I call do the thing healing. And that's, you know, that, that kind of person I might give some of my Reiki and first aid tips to. I might be working with them in a different way.
0: Ah, oh, you just—you just piqued my interest. <laughs> the, uh, doing the thing, healing. What is that? And What does that entail?
1: Okay, so um, that entails some something like a friend uh, who's now a friend was recommended. To come see me by a naturopath, and the naturopath said, I, "This gal has so much going on. Let's see what you can do for her." She had so many symptoms that I did that thing I told you, where I didn't focus on her symptoms. I I held a template for the best in her. Right. And so the whole idea is, I'm I'm going to well, I'm going to work with you with that in mind. And we're going to probably work in a different way than, than you've ever been used to. In that, um, I may I may tell you to run cool water on your arms if you're starting to get a headache, because the you know that'll help bring bring the symptoms down. I may recommend that you stomp your feet if your heart rate is getting too high and it's like you got to do this carefully you have to do it knowing the person getting to know them what they're what's going on with them but it's right. it's just looking at the body in a different way and taking all those different things into consideration in helping the person maybe be able to relieve some of the armor relieve some of like, if your heart rate's high because you're stressed, and if the stress has to do with anger or fear, then we will look at ways to try to relieve some of that before we do anything else.
0: Gotcha. So that can be, but that can be therapeutic all by itself, right?
1: Right. Right. And the person that I mentioned that was what kind of, she was kind of like my first do the thing healing patient. She, she learned that her heart would get start to race because her energy would come up. It would hit some armor. You know, we've got to deal with that armor. And if, if she's able to get, you know, get some of the emotions, some of the um, fear or anger out, then all of a sudden the heart rate goes down.
0: Oh wow! Without medication, that would be cool. Yes, that that really is cool. So, um, uh, if, Dana, if somebody you're you're local here in uh, the Washington area, but if somebody wanted to contact you, number one to get your book, which is called "Doing the Thing," or the, number two um, to work with you, um, how do they do that?
1: They uh, so my book is on my website and the website is doing the thing.com
0: That's pretty easy. I can even find it. That's that pretty out.
1: easy. The Kindle version is on Amazon. And um, and I can let's see. I think the that yeah, the best way to contact me would be through my website.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, so we'll encourage people to do that, so that they can get the book because to learn how to self love and to and and to take care of yourself before you can. It's like it's like that old thing where uh, when you get on an airplane and they and uh, they say if the if the uh, um, air mass drops down, put it on the small child next to you before you. No, put it on yourself first, and then put it on the small child next to you. That's on my card.
1: Yeah, that is that is the perfect example of doing the thing is take care of yourself first, because if you're not taking care of yourself and you fall over, (laughs) you can't help anybody.
0: Then then all is lost. And so you need need to take care of yourself first. Right. Um, And so I want to transition that into you work in hospice and that transition, that uh, taking care of yourself first is really, really important because of the work you do with people that are dying. I would imagine.
1: Well, with you know, with anything, um, if you know, if you're not, if you're not grounded and present, and feeling good, what can you bring to the table?
0: Oh, ex- exactly. By the way, we we may be about to do something that we've never done here before, um, and we can give it a shot. If uh, uh, as, Do you know who Jeannie is? I do, yes. And she says that she may have been referencing oh. me, and I would like to describe what happened. I can actually bring her on to this. <laughs> do you want to try that and see if we can get that sure. done? Sure. Uh, um, let's see. So well, what I need is an email address, Jeannie, um, that I can send an invitation to you that you can come on to uh, um, the podcast with us. If you're, if you're amenable to that, or we can just have you do it through chat. Uh, it's, a, it's up to you. But it would if, I, su- I suspect that your story is a little bit more involved than to do through chat. would i be would i be correct dana
1: um it i don't know i have no idea what she's gonna say but she has a lot of great things to offer and to say
0: okay so (laughs) hold on on, let me do let me do this i don't know that won't work um go like that
1: i wondered what that was popping up on the screen there
0: yeah, let's see. Jeannie, okay. Um <laughs> let me do this and we'll go email. Oh. We are testing my my powers here, so
1: <laughs> that'll keep you on your toes, won't it?
0: Oh, you have no idea. genie. on uh, and... it. MSN. Uh, I am hopeful that this is correct. Um, no, wait a minute. I I screwed that up. I think E. <laughs> uh, let's try that again. Oh, send. Okay. She's, <laughs> she's going to have to let us know whether she got it or not. Um, Let's see. Send. Oh, it's, no, it failed. The address was not found because I typed in the wrong address, obviously. Hold on just a second. I'm going to do this again. Um, let's see. So. do that, and it's. Uh, no, genie, we're gonna we're we're gonna make this work. I'm 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 I'm, I'm now I'm now in, invested in it. So hold on, just a second, and I'm gonna send it to you this way. Um, just for just for fun, never done this before so let's see compose and okay
1: (laughs) man hello did you hear the knock on my door (laughs) I did. <laughs>
0: okay. So, so, Jeannie, I just sent that to you, and I'm hopeful that you're going to get that. And and then you can just click on that, and if you have a, a uh, camera attached to your computer, you can just come on. Come on board. So I'm hopeful that, uh, that this is this is kind of fun to check out. Check it out and see if we can actually do this. Um, I think hopefully. Let's see, because I spelled it right that time. I'm pretty sure. So in any, in any event, but uh, while we're waiting for her to arrive, uh, how long have you been have you been working with hospice now?
1: About eight years.
0: And um, obviously you love it.
1: I love it.
0: And we, what are some of, a lot of people would go, yeah, but you're around people that are dying a lot. And that, that, but
1: they're alive. And if you're alive, I'm going to come to you in this place of presence and unconditional love, and we're going to have a good time.
0: That's, now that now that, <laughs> is, that is an unusual way to look at it. You know, so um, Jeannie, did did that email come through for you? And we are we are we're we're waiting Jeannie to see if she's going to. Um, she may be working through the technology, but you have to admit the uh, um, uh, um, the Dana the uh, the technology is pretty easy to work with
1: it is I was very pleased yeah very so, pleased with how easy it was to do this
0: so Jeannie, you still there um, I don't know she i don't know anyway so so hopefully hopefully she will uh uh either either come on or uh, um or we can, or she can chat as well. So, um, but because um, I wanted to ask you, um, in the world of hospice, you, you guys, you, you, the caregivers have to rely on each other to really help each other through some of the things, don't you?
1: Well, the the the, I have the utmost respect for the whole hospice staff. I get this easy little job of going in for a half hour or an hour, and you know, to give comfort and relief. But it's the nurses and the social workers and all the other staff, and and then the caregivers that are in the home. They're the ones that just do so much um, work that they. They're the ones that really, really need the, to take care of themselves or, ha- or get the help if they need it. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna try. Oh, I got it. Uh, can I? Apparently, I cannot spell genie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's J. Oh, there it is. It's right there, right in got front it? of my face. Yeah.
1: J-E-A-N-N-E.
0: It, yeah, and uh, it popped right up, and so now I'm sending it to you. You should get this one.
1: Third time's the charm.
0: I surely hope so. I surely hope so. <laughs> well, that that did not show up either. Hold on. Let me try one. Let's see. So, Jeannie. Jeannie. Okay, so that, okay, that is, and that is some pod. So let me do this. Uh, Copy and close that, and then I'm going to do email here, and Now you're gonna get this one, I promise you i hope and it it should it should be it should show up right quick no it did not um that that doesn't register with that's weird oh all right Jeannie I'm sorry, I wanted to have you on, but let's chat let let's chat and we and we can talk about it that way. Um, unless you have another email address that that would work.
1: While we're waiting for Jeannie, can I tell you about my my yes. idea?
0: Oh yes, please.
1: That I'm I'm asking for anybody else who wants to join me in this. Kevin, you might want to join me. It's um it's called the three hundred year paradigm. Ooh. And it so you know how most of us are kind of fit <laughs> fit ourselves into a 100-year paradigm yeah well i'm going for 300
0: you want to live to be 300 years old is that well here's
1: the thing it's not necessarily about living to 300 but it's about expanding our mentality so that we're not thinking in terms of degeneration, we're t- thinking in terms of regeneration. It's just a way to, um, It's. I like to play with ideas like that to expand our minds and our hearts so that we kind of um, push ourselves, push the envelope a little bit so that we can see how powerful we are and what we can do. And I think that, um, I think that if we had an idea like that and more of an expanding idea, I think people might care for themselves differently. They might, um, you know what I mean? Like I I'm thinking, I'm not thinking that I'm middle-aged. I'm thinking that I'm just getting started. And so I'm not going to be, it's not going to be in my mind that my knees are going to start to go in two years. You know what I mean? I'm going to be thinking of that. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I think we are that powerful that we can't, we have a lot more say in, in our, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, our emotions, and we can manage them. We can learn to manage them so that life is easier, more fun. And if we're having more fun, we're going to want to live longer.
0: Oh, exactly. So, Jeannie, go ahead, let's chat. And uh, No, I, I agree with you. And, well, see, if you reach the uh, position that you want to live to be 300, you might not make it, but it would change your habits. You it would change cha- your
1: habits.
0: You would change what you do. It would change some of the destructive things that you do. At least you would um, bring them out and examine them and then start to, uh, figure out how you could do it better and getting uh, like as an example if somebody has uh chemical issues mm-hmm. or something like that they can figure out that they need they need help and that they can get the help that they need so that they can live better.
1: Right, right. Yep.
0: And so I I think that that's a great idea. So we could we so we could set up so you could sign up for you could do this on Facebook. You could call it <laughs> the 300 club. Yep and 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 people that get on there and you can share tips about about not uh eating uh margarine and stuff, <laughs> and stuff like that 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 always killed me that that it used to be that uh, nobody wanted to eat butter because butter was bad for you and so have this thing here that we call margarine and and that's that's going to be better for you and it turned out to be exactly the opposite so yep. But that's that. That's how that works, apparently. Um, so, I, we're waiting for Jeannie. To, <laughs> to, she must. She must be typing. Um, so, but so now you would do massage therapy for um, for hospice. Um, do you do anything else with them? With them, or do you sit and chat with them? Do you have you know? I'm always curious by the end of life stories that come out about how they view things differently the veil is thinner they can see things from the other side they have visitations from relatives and have you experienced any of that
1: i have a story that inspired me so much um i i had talked to my sister about the veil and you know of course With me becoming more spiritual and doing work with hospice, the veil, I felt like the veil was becoming thinner. And and she to her, it was like, no, not so much until she was spending a lot of time with my mom. And my mom was was going through, you know, starting to go through the dying process. Right. And so she she was there with her. And she noticed my mom looked like she was in great discomfort and pain. So she said, oh, mom, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I can tell you're having trouble. I'll go out and I'll get the nurse. I'll see if I can find somebody. So she went out to the hall, you know, hey, we need help. As she goes back in to my mom. And she she kind of cupped my mom's head in her hands. And she, she looked and she said, mom, the nurse is on her way. And she said, my mom's face began to glow. And a smile came on her face and her eyes were the most sparkly blue she'd ever seen. And she said, Oh honey, I'm in no pain. And my sister, you know, I think that she knew that my mom was really in a different place. Like it what we see here isn't necessarily <laughs> what is all encompassing like we're just seeing uh uh sometimes just seeing the very outer surface of and what's really real is the bigger picture of who we really are you know
0: oh exactly and by the way Jeannie is when i was referred to dana by my naturopathic naturopathic physician I was going through a lot of stress, and I experienced that stress through the physical symptoms, and Dana, in essence, gave me my power back. Um, does that ring a bell, um, uh, Dana?
1: It does ring a bell.
0: And so she, you how did you give her her power back?
1: Um, oh, this is such a cool story because I think when people don't, they, they've got all this stuff going on. They don't know what to do. It's almost like it takes on a life of itself. Um, so when your heart's racing and you think you're going to have a heart attack, you might be tempted to go to the hospital, right? Okay. She had tried that a couple, at least once or twice. We were pretty new in this process of meeting and being, and working together. Um, for her benefit. And so she called me one day, and she said, Okay, it's happening again. I'm either going to go to the hospital, or I'm going to come to you. And I said, I cannot advise you what to do. But I'm here. I'm here if you want to, whatever you want to do, I'm here. So she ended up coming to me. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with Helping someone understand how how much they do have inside them that they don't even know they have the capacity for calming down. the the um, One of my favorite quotes is "Relief is the cure that all medicine is looking for." Um, and so sometimes just being there for someone telling them it's going to be okay, I'm here for you. Um, Just even starting with a little relief, relaxation, talking, all of a sudden, I'm feeling better. You know, my heart rates, now it's not pounding so hard. You know, it's just, it starts with simple little things. And You know, giving someone their power back could just simply be encouraging them to get to know themselves better, so I, they know they have that power.
0: Well, now did did uh, she came to you and she was having problems with the heart palpitations or whatever? But did they go away? Were you able to modify them?
1: They together through working with this. Um, Gradually, she started to understand that 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 heart racing was probably when her energy came up, her body, her armor, it it gets caught in the armor. She didn't know how to manage it. And so then the symptom gets worse. And guess what? When you're afraid you're going to have a heart attack, your symptoms increase.
0: Of course, because you're scared
1: because you're scared. Um, so, so I mean, she would even call me, like she called me one day at work. I think now that we're in this together, I don't think she's going to mind me telling you this story. She called me one day at work and she's like, I'm so, ugh, I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, well, back to my Reiki and therapy days, I'm like, okay, are you feeling angry? Yes. Okay, good. So, are you where are they are you somewhere where you can express it? And she's like, Well, I'm at work, I'm like, but nobody's here. I'm like, okay, so she was downstairs. I'm like, okay, stomp your feet. <laughs> so she likes stomping her feet. Um, okay, can you grab <clears throat> any any way we can express the emotions in a way that won't hurt us and won't hurt someone else? It's even just doing a little bit of that can give relief. And so little by little over a period of time, now she now when she feels her heart, she feels it as energy instead of, oh my God, something's wrong. And so it's like, okay, how can I manage this energy? Um, do I maybe go out, go for a walk? Do I need to beat the punching bag? I have a punching bag because that's part of my therapy if, you know, when when I don't know what to do, you know, it's managing those feelings, managing the emotions, understanding that anger doesn't have to be horrible if you know what to do with it. It can be something that gets you back to feeling good again.
0: Well, it's all part of the process, isn't it? It's it like is. When you get angry, there's a reason why you got angry. Right. I mean, if you suppress it you're going to still be angry, but you're just going to have suppressed anger and it's got to go somewhere.
1: Right. And that's not, that is no joke (laughs) because when you've got suppressed anger, that turns into rage or resentment, then you're all over the news.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There's enough of that going on right now.
1: There's enough of that going on. So it's like, I would never tell someone don't get angry. I would tell them, okay, you have anger. Let's see what, you know, what can we do with it? How can you, express it in a way that won't hurt anybody
0: right and um is sometimes because sometimes i get angry and sometimes then i laugh at myself because i'm angry and i don't really need to be angry because there's nothing to be angry about this is a magnificent journey that we're on and some but sometimes you just you just you know you just
1: <laughs> you just gotta get angry well and how about fear it's like. Um, it can't Have you ever felt like so much um, excitement that it turns into fear? Of course. And then it's like, I'm not, I'm absolutely terrified now, but I wasn't before. And why am I scared? Well, maybe it's because you didn't know how to manage the excitement.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, you see, excite, it's, it's like, um, it's like if you're going to go speak in front of a large audience mm-hmm. in, in, in the beginning, you're excited. Because you get to you get your get your message out, you get to have an opportunity to to talk to people and and then this little thing comes in the back of your head and says, What if you're what if you suck? <laughs> if and nobody, then
1: you get scared.
0: Yes. What if nobody wants to listen to you? What if people start walking out on you? What mm-hmm. if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of it? What if you you know, all the all of the, these things that 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 we self we self-defeat ourselves mm-hmm. by, by saying all of this stuff that, that could potentially happen. Then we get scared. Then we go, oh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Right.
1: And it's horrible. Yeah.
0: It's And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: It is. Uh, this is such a good conversation because can you imagine how helpful it could be if we really got to understand self-sabotage and how to not do that?
0: Oh, self-sabotage is... Huge. It's in huge. Aspect. I used to be a district sales manager for a food company and I had 10 sales guys working for me. One of the jobs that they had to go do was they had to do what's called a cold call where you walk into a restaurant that you don't know anybody. You've never been there before in your life or you've been there as a customer, but now you're going in there and you got a business card and you're going to go talk to the owner and or the, uh, or the chef or somebody, because you want them to buy stuff from you. It takes (laughs) a certain amount of courage and intestinal fortitude to go do that. Right. And I used to tell my guys, I said, look, here's the deal. If you're gonna walk in there with fear in your eyes, (laughs) don't walk in there. (laughs) You have to go in there with confidence you got to know that what you're doing is right, that you feel good about it, that you feel good about how you want to. And if you feel good about it, you have an opportunity for success. Yes. If you feel like you don't have any success, uh, I have to go in here because my boss says I have to go in here and do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just not going to judge. I, I hate that. <laughs> I'm not going to make it work. It's going to be terrible. I'm just not gonna lie. You're going to lie. You're going to fail. And I used to say, if that's going to be your mindset, go home. I don't need yep. you. Yep. So and what, so what you're saying is absolutely true, and it's about taking care of yourself. Yes, and, and being and being positive, and being and taking care of what you believe and what you need. Yes, and you can and you can get information from about that by getting the book uh, "Doing the Thing," and uh, and and Dana, there you go, there you go,
1: there it is
0: and uh if they want to go to your website what's your website again
1: it is doing
0: <clears throat> very good very good Doingthething.com the and, and you can pick up the book or go to amazon and pick up the book when my website gets up i'm going to put it on there so that you can go there and then go to amazon to, and anyway and all that stuff but dan it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today
1: kevin thank you so much i've enjoyed it immensely
0: and and uh, Jeannie, thank you for participating with us today. it's, it's been great fun, and uh, but and you're going to come back, and because I'm going to have you on 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 KKNW at the end of July, and uh, and we're going to do more stuff together because I think you're pretty cool. And the it.
1: feelings mutual. I can't wait.
0: That that's that's I thank you for that. So, <laughs> um, Dana Quad no buddy God! can i yes. kevin
1: can i ask you one favor you don't have to do it but if it's easy can you play one of my favorite songs to end this
0: which is
1: anything from do you remember anything from ACDC?
0: oh oh oh! <laughs> okay can i can i tell the can i tell this well actually uh yeah i'll give it a shot and see what see what happens um <laughs> Because I put up a a, uh, a piece by Paul McCartney and the, and uh, YouTube shut me down.
1: Oh, oh, okay, never mind.
0: But uh, anyway, we're both we're both huge ACDC fans. <laughs> um, and and then one of the next time you're on, I'll take the risk and we'll tell the story of okay. uh, of when I was a DJ in the on in the Sunday morning. I thought that was kind of funny.
1: That was
0: kind of funny. Yes, indeed. So <laughs> <laughs> but now I can play. Let's see. What well no, I better not. Okay. Um, but, uh but not won't,
1: we won't get you
0: in trouble. Um, although there are I've got some others other oh, never mind. You you wouldn't know them. Um, but it's it's been a pleasure, uh Dana. And uh Dana Quaddy has been our guest. Go get the book do, or go to the website doing the doing the right thing. doing the com. doing the thing.com don't go to do the right thing because you don't want to do the wrong thing you do want to do the thing doing the (laughs) thing.com so um again dana thank you you stay right there and i'll be right back Thanks. hey and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end hey pretty cool